Hello and welcome to the Rams Rider podcast with me, your host Simon, and my co-host Chris Holt. Chris, good morning. It's the morning after the night before um, I played football last night and we didn't win. I mean, I'm, uh, that's, not what we're gonna, that's not what we're here to talk about. Chris, it's finally happened. It has finally happened. Derby have finally been taken over by uh, by David Klaus. Uh, how are we feeling, mate? Um, just really reiterate how I'm feeling by listening to this, Simon. There's music playing, but I can't hear it. <laughs> oh, God. You know what? This is going on YouTube because you're Dadison. <laughs> Come on, Simon. It's too early in the morning. Come on, mate. We're dancing. We're celebrating. We're celebrating. Da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> uh, enough of that. Um, well, what can we say? Um, I think it's been the longest. I think people looked at it as a nine-month draw. Well, let's be honest, this has been going on for two years mm-hmm. with the infamous shake and our <laughs> mysterious Spanish boxing promoter. Let's not even go there. But yeah, unbelievable relief. Um, wonderful to read all the the tweets of of celebration last night and yeah I'm, I'm I woke up this morning to do this with my uh, eyes are literally inside my face somewhere I'll find them <laughs> at some point uh, but no incredible and uh, as they say the, the journey starts now yeah it does it does well just I'll just reiterate some fans uh, uh, reactions um, so Vicky Vicky B on Twitter said absolutely delighted actually crying in relief here thank you Mr Klaus. Feel like a weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Time for a mega pint. <laughs> Ryan Lee says, "Get in!" Lots of exclamation marks. Um, Stephen Holford uh, says, "Absolutely fantastic news and the end of a very long dark tunnel for everyone." Really excited for the rebuild now. And then Paolo says, "Let's get some signings on board now." Davis cashing with my first two and ten more. I cannot wait to see Wassel rebuild the academy. <laughs> yeah, so obviously a lot of lot of fans reacting. Um, there was there was just joyous on Twitter last night. Random time as well because everyone there was it seemed to be like everyone thought right today or yesterday was going to be the day, um, and everyone was going eleven p.m. announcement. No, 12, <laughs> 12 p.m. announcement. One p.m. Two p.m. And they announced it something like five fifty six. <laughs> they went nah. so yeah. It was oh I, I can't believe it. I'm I'm so glad it's it's finally happened and that the club's here to stay and yeah it's. You know, I, I tell you what. What we'll do, I've got the statement um, that David, uh, David's uh, obviously an open letter that he wrote, which I, I'll share now. Um, so, David <laughs> became the uh, the the, uh, the new owner, and he says it is. It was an immense sense of pride that I write to you, having finalised our agreement to buy Derby County and end nine months of uncertainty and fear over the future of our club. As a lifelong supporter, I could not stand by as the risk of losing Derby County became all too real. I could not have looked myself in the mirror if I had not done anything, everything possible to protect it. That is why it is so exciting to be part of the process of building a fresh future at Pride Park for the fans and loyal club staff who have been through so much. The true spirit of this football club rests with the fans. It is nothing without them. Your support throughout some difficult times has been inspirational on the intent to build on that loyalty. 
The decision to get involved with the purchase of the stadium and subsequently the club has not been an easy one. As a private person, I did not want the publicity and would prefer to remain an anonymous supporter watching the team from my usual seat. However, if that is the price to secure the future of the club, then so be it. I won't be making extravagant promises. However, I can confirm my intentions. My focus now is to stabilise the football club in every department and to make sure we have the foundations in place for success, however long that takes. We intend to bring the same principles to Derby County that we believe have been the reasons behind the success of Clouds developments. We are embedded in the heart of the community and we recognise what is important to the people of Derby. Integrity, transparency and a straightforward way of doing business. To those people who have worked tirelessly at the club in the most difficult of circumstances, I offer you my sincere thanks. My team and I will be doing our best to get to know you all and listen to what you have to say from the outset. We have to maintain a degree of continuity because there is no point walking to an institution that has been here for 138 years and having the arrogance to think we possess all the answers. My team will work with people, listen and learn before coming to any decisions. Circumstances dictate that ownership bid was swift and that means we'll be taking the proper amount of time to assess how the club operates and any changes we might need to make. What I will say is the player side of the club will receive every support possible. It's vital we stay it is vital we start work on recruitment immediately and for that we rely on the expertise of the existing staff as well as bringing in support structure to help them move as quickly as possible to build a side that will be competitive in time for the new season. We are also committed to maintaining Category 1 Academy. The club's track record of producing talent is outstanding and we intend to protect the proud legacy because we believe in the future of Derby County at every level, including community trust and, of course, Derby County women. Words I know are cheap and so going forward, we intend to be judged by our actions. Alongside my team, I'll be doing everything in my power to make Derby County safe, secure and successful for many generations to come. Thank you, David Clowes, owner Derby County Football Club. Wow, some letter that, eh, Chris? I can see a smile on your face. You're very, very happy. <laughs> it's it's just, a, it has a personal feel to it. Um, yeah. We all know David is a, a loyal supporter. What, what I find really interesting about the letter is how he breaks down every single part of the football club from top to bottom, you know, including his sacrifice. Like, you know, that must have been such a difficult decision for him to take away his, his love and joy and his release from his day-to-day -day life uh, as a fan. And uh, I commend him 100% for that. I think the letter is, is, is very, very impressive. Mm. Um, he goes through every single element that we're all thinking about. And it's sort of a good way to, to use that letter for this pod um, by breaking down every single paragraph. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think if we do the pod going through that letter and sort of what it sort of opens up for the future, I think that'd be a great way to sort of do this show. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so obviously, as we, as as you mentioned there, then his first paragraph says he couldn't he couldn't stand risking the club that he supported all his life, and you know he's a private man. I think you know you you know him. You said he, you know he'd be quite happy just sat in his um in his seat, you know, traveling home and away um each week and not sort of owning the club. But again, he, he felt like he had no choice but to own the club because he didn't want to lose his club. And it's the same for all his fans. He, you know, we didn't want to lose a club. And I think if any of us had the money, <laughs> we'd do what we can. Yeah, it, it must have been an incredibly hard decision for him because, you know, like I said, he's a very private man, um, a really, really nice guy, very approachable. And I apologise if you heard my dog barking in the background there. I think the postman's just been... Um, <laughs> 
I think that he is uh, a kind of guy that wears his heart on his sleeve, but I also think he hasn't got there in business without a level head. Um, I, I just hope that people allow him time to settle yeah. and understand the process. I know a lot of people are now excited and thinking, you know, we've, we've got four weeks, blah, blah, blah. But uh, I think we just need to sit back and, and, and let's see what, what David comes up with. Um, yeah, we, we, let's look at it in our point of view. You know, how would you feel if you were told you, you had to go from um, the joyous and the pain of elements of, of going to watch Derby County home and away to then running the, the, the institution? It, it's, it's chalk and cheese, mate. Yeah, definitely. It's, you know, you think, you know, you, obviously as fans, we just go every, you know, every Saturday, Tuesday, whatever, and, you know, we rock up and support and, you know, but yeah, to be, to be, to, to have to make that decision, for me, that shows, obviously there was, you know, we've, we've had a supposed fan uh, as an owner before, but, you know, I, you know, David's come in and he's taken us at the 11th hour out of what, you know, essentially would have been, been liquidation, but, what I like then he goes on to say obviously about he's not going to make extravagant promises. You know, I guess Mel came in and his his promises were I'll take you to the Premier League and it didn't happen. But he knows what he's got to do. You know, he's he, he knows he's got to stabilize the club, um, which obviously is a is a, is a, going to be a big ask, and and basically make sure we have foundations and you know in place to succeed so he, he's obviously he's talking like he's in this for the long the, the long haul not just sort of quickly come in and you know flip the club etc things like that he does have intentions that you know to ultimately revive this football club because at the minute there's not much of a club is there let's be honest <laughs> so you know he's got to do he's, he's got a lot of work to do it's a good job he's in um you know property development building you know <laughs> can he do it now with the football club it was interesting to see yesterday that small things around the stadium seem to have uh, already been uh going places like someone was telling me that uh the, the coffee shop has got new signage in in the window big open signs and that was lit up and just little things like that it'll be great to see you know the the, the derby public back in enjoying those facilities at, at the stadium. I think one thing that comes from that is is our help as fans and supporters, and we need thirty thousand in there every week to yeah. sustain the business. You know, I, I know it's easier said than done. With you know, at the current, you know, the world's gone bonkers with inflation, and well, certainly this country's gone bonkers with price of living and inflation, what have you. But I think that that will be looked upon by the club with a sensible attitude, and I think if we can come to a a figure that's that's feasible for everybody to get to watch their their mighty Rams. I think if we can get thirty thousand through the door uh, every home game, Simon, I think that's certainly going to help sustainability. And then obviously, what comes with that is your merchandise and and your corporate facilities. So he's got a very level head. Um, I'm excited by what he says there. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm just I'm just I'm I'm happy he's not coming and going. I'll get us. I'll get us promoted. I'll get us back to the Premier League. All that. I'm. I'm just glad he, he he's coming and he's sort of coming at a level head and going and you know rebuild and obviously we'll look for long term success. Um. <clears throat> so the next, I like to say next paragraph. You know, he, he goes on. He wants to 
it sounds like he's going to have a bit more, maybe a communication with fans. Um, you know, he goes on to talk about integrity, transparency, and a straightforward way of doing business. Um, obviously, he he obviously offers his thanks then to to staff who've continued to work during during his time, uh, and obviously he wants to get to know his staff. And it, it sounds as if though he wants to get to know um, the ideas from those that already work at the that already work at the club which again you know you don't want somebody coming in going right everybody out this is the way i'm doing it you know he, he sounds like he wants to get to learn from the people that already know the roles if that makes sense yeah it does make sense i think this is where the most important decisions come mm. um you need foundation you need transparency you need integrity. You need honesty. Um, this will be very interesting next few weeks on, obviously, he's going to have to sit down, him and his team. He mentions the word team, which is good. Um, he has a fantastic team at Klaus. They're very successful, all well-known in the, the development industry and, and highly regarded. Um, some great brains and some um, real good leaders in, in that company. As you come into the, the doors of Derby County, then obviously you've got a there's some staff there that have gone through turmoil that you know we can't even you know contemplate how how bad it's been for them. You know, it's there's some really, really good people there, as you know, as I've mentioned in the past. And uh, hopefully he, he will be true to his word or sit down with with and those individuals and find out where it's gone wrong. Hopefully they'll be allowed to to have a, an honest opinion on where it's gone wrong and not be sort of um, tape over the mouth as such. Because I think there needs to be transparency. There's a lot of things that I'm, I'm sure people will will say uh, that's affected them personally throughout the tenure of the previous owner. And that, I think, goes all the way up to the top, as well as uh, the office staff. And, uh, and I'm pretty confident that he'll listen to them and I'm pretty confident he'll take his own assessment on board rather than, than uh, influence. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, it goes on to say about <clears throat> they have to maintain a degree of continuity because there's no point walking to an institution that has been here for 30 years having arrogance. Um, the continuity side, you know, I heard uh, often that it won't be, it won't please people, but I don't think Stephen Pearce will be out the door straight away. Um, but I think as much as I don't like that, I think there's going to it, it may be a sensible thing to do just because Stephen Pierce obviously has, I guess, experience running a football club rather than, you know, so I, I guess Klaus maybe have to learn some stuff of him before maybe appointing his own CEO. Obviously I, I don't know, but that, you know, this is, this is what we're hearing. You know, this is the rumors that are going around that, that Stephen Pierce is still going to be there, which may upset a few fans, but I think if he is here, Come end of this month, you know, when we play Oxford at Pride Park, fans will make it known how they feel about that. <laughs> I am damn sure they will, don't you? It's, um, I think it's the most important decision he's got to make mm. in the next foreseeable future. We, we talk about players and we talk about director of football and we talk about academy structure, coaches, management, etc. But I think the leader at the top, um, the integrity and the transparency and, and the openness and, and the willingness to lead has to be right. 
Mm. Um, if it's Stephen, then that's the choice made by by David. Um, there's some great directors at the football club still there. Yeah, the director of marketing is a great guy, Dave. Um, he's got some fantastic ideas and I'm sure that they'll be listened to. And he's got fantastic experience in the past in, in his background on working with some real big corporate corporation in, in sports. So I think that'll be a valuable asset. I think obviously the accounting side of the thing is going to be crucial. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's, yeah, I've, we've, I've heard these rumours as well, Simon. I think, I think David is not naive. He's very astute. It's interesting that he says the word team in most of his sentences that he, that he puts across in the, in the letter, which is great. The structure yeah. there already. He's not going in there on his own. He's going in there with his experience and his, and his obviously his, his directors and and leaders from his current development company, which is which is great because they are successful. Ultimately, yeah. he's going in there as a successful, proven businessman, and I'm sure with his knowledge of football and and, and no doubt he's spoken to people already. There will be football brains and football management going in there with him. And I think it goes on to then paragraphs about, well, yeah, we need to talk about the board, you know, yeah. that again, we haven't had a board at that football club for six years. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, you've got to have a board, you know, whether, whether that decision was made by the previous owner or whoever, mm. you have to have a board. It's all about using, Brains that have knowledge, that have know-how, that have almost reality checks about having the ability to vote over something, having the ability to make the right decisions has to be in place. You you cannot run a football club as a single-minded person it, and, and, and put in people next to you who will always say yes. It, yeah. it doesn't work like that. And I think that's where that needs to change as well. So, again, the letter opens up a... Um, a really good insight to what his intentions will be. Yeah. Um, and obviously it goes on then to mention about obviously the playing side, you know, he will, in fact, I'll touch on that. In fact, while I'll leave that paragraph and then I'll move on to that one in a bit, but he also, yeah. it goes on to say, we are also committed to maintain a category one academy. Um, is that wise in, in, you know, in the situation that we're in? Um, I get, I get where it's coming from, but, Personally, for me, the academy, the academy has it. If I look at it, have we really had, you know, that who are we looking at that have really gone for big money or anything like that? Or, you know, I understand it's good to have a category on academy, but it, it also means Darren Wassell's got a big job of trying to rebuild that as well, which again is a big ask. You know, I think personally, I would have gone down, you know, I wouldn't have tried to keep a category one academy. You know, I, I think. Maybe we, we at, at this point in time we focus on on rebuilding the first team, um, which obviously you know is, is the important thing. But what are your thoughts on the academy? Obviously, I know you, you know you, you obviously you've, you've obviously had a bit of coaching role within obviously the academies and and things like that. Obviously, and, and the women as well. He, he mentions the women as well. Again, you've been a big part of that. How do you, how do you feel about maintaining a category one status? It's it's a really interesting paragraph, and it's been picked up by a lot of people. Um, well, let's start with let's start with the the boys' academy. Um, Darren Wassell's done a great job with Pat. You know, let's not forget Pat Lyons. Pat Lyons has been a stalwart there for for many years. Got so much time and respect for Pat. Great guy, 
great family, great coach, so much respect um, from everybody at the football club. He's got Bucko there. He's got a great background staff. Uh, going back there, even Richard, the, the team kit manager, wonderful set of guys. I think of what you said, the way I looked at it is this. There has been some great academy products come through the system into the first team. I think where you have to look at it is the academy have done their bit, brought through the quality, brought through the standard required. Mm. Have they been sold on for the right? Sorry, that's my dog again. Um, have they been sold on for the right values? Yeah. I think people are... Academies are there to bring products and ultimately bring money through the football club. Yeah. I think that where they've been let down by is obviously the, the financial management side of it where yeah. players who have gone out who should be, you know, seven figures. Let's be honest. They should be seven figures yeah. and with sell-on clauses and international cap sort, uh, clauses. Yeah. That hasn't happened. And I think that's put a bit of a, a grey cloud over the academy structure. Mm. There's going to be trialists left, right and centre there, let's be honest, right down to the under-18s. Um, I've had the pleasure of working with the under-23s and the under-18s on, on, on the PA side for the last sort of four or five years. And like I said, I hope I hope that they get what they truly deserve, which is that support. I think they will. Mm. One thing that really pleased me is to see the women attached to that. Yeah, yeah. You know, my, my, my coaching was with the women, not, not the boys. And, you know, of the short time I was there, I was absolutely overwhelmed by how good uh, these girls were, and that was at the they're the under 15s now this year. You know, big shout out to the to those girls. Um, they're in the junior Premier League this year. Yeah, uh, they're the first team from the girls structure to go into that national league, and they'll do really well. But they need to be playing at more farm, Simon. Yeah, yeah. If, yeah, if, if David, sweet, yeah, yeah, you know, if David is going to be uh, there and open his arms and bringing everyone in under the same umbrella, we've touched on it previously on the podcast. Mm. Allow those girls at all ages to go and use more farm. There's enough grass there. Um, it'd be great to see the girls and the boys side by side at a weekend playing on, on pitches parallel to each other. Sam Griffith has done a fantastic job mm. in the first team. They were so close to getting promotion this year and, and Kieran on, on her coaching staff and, and all the other ladies and gents who support her. She's got a fantastic structure there. There's some wonderful women there who who played football at the highest level. I just hope that, you know, he sticks with his word. I think he will. I think he will because there's a great structure there. And, you know, they they, they play at Mickelover at the moment, which is a lovely facility. Don't get me wrong. But the girls in the academy are playing at Park, Simon. They're playing at Old Wiston Park. They're playing yeah. at the race course. It's not good. It's not right. No, and they it's need not. To be, it isn't right. And they need to be playing at facilities like Moor Farm or at least get the club to, to pay for pitches in other parts of the area, like Royce's, etc., there are lovely pitches there where they can be proud to wear the badge because one thing I always felt was it's one thing to wear the badge, mm. but it's then it's one thing to be feel part of that badge. Yeah, yeah. And I think that statement says that you will now be part of that badge. And that is nothing but a big thumbs up for me. <laughs> I thought you might like that, yeah. Um, yeah, and then obviously, um, so... We'll, We'll just go to the last, obviously, thing I was going to mention. So, so what I will say is that the players side of the club will receive every support possible. Uh, it is vital we start work on recruitment immediately and for that we have to our next piece of existing staff as well as bring this in a support structure to help them move. So 
yeah, that is obviously the biggest thing at the moment is rebuilding this this team. Um, I guess obviously we've got rid of the likes of Joe McLaren. Uh, what's the other guy's name? Harry something. Um, the former owner's son. Um, I think we definitely need, we can't rely on their expertise. Expertise. Um, yeah, I was going to say, you pushed it with the word expertise, mate. A little bit, yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's got to bring in, a, a, I guess, a scouting system, scouting network, a, a recruitment team, because we need a lot of players. And that's the, the thing that, that I quite like last night is that there's already names being mentioned. I think John Percy last night, I had to save this because there we go. Um, basically, said we're looking at former Preston winger Tom Barkhazen, um, Connor Horihan, Nathaniel Mendes Langs, and James Chester. Uh, I've also heard that Liam Brigcut is there as well, uh, potentially on trial at the minute. Um, we've got to build, we've got to build a squad, you know, and, and that's that's obviously got to be the main main focus at the minute is building a squad also again we didn't we've not even mentioned this but you know manager wise Liam Rosinha you know does he does he get the job permanent he's interim at the minute can you see him being made permanent it's we're talking football now it's great we've not been able to do this before <laughs> we are it, it, it's again it's we need to look at this uh, um, at a short-term fix, unfortunately. It, it's great to think long-term, but we have to look at a four-week short fix. Decisions, decisions, decisions. I think let's start with at the top of that tree, which is obviously the director of football. Yeah. Absolute crucial. I've seen some names being banded around from Harry Redknapp to, to Sam Allardyce. I saw, you know, can I just say while we're on this subject, I'm so ho- I'm hoping to God we get rid of these ITKs. Mm. I'm sick and tired of seeing in the nose all over Twitter saying this, 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 and this. You know who you are. If you listen to this, stop it. Go back to school. Get an education. Because obviously you've got far much time, too much time on your hands. Anyway, yeah, yeah. we'll get with that's out of the way. Um director of football is crucial, absolutely crucial. Um he needs to be there to allow Liam. Congratulations to him on getting the interim role. Undeserved. I, yeah. I thoroughly believe deserved. Um, very, very highly qualified coach. A lot of respect. Allow him to do that. Allow him to, to coach. I don't think it'll be fair on putting an interim manager in the process of also the recruitment and the contracts, mm. the terms, etc., etc. I think that would be too much to put on a, a young interim straight away. I think that that's where the DOF needs to be in place as quick as possible. I also think you will need a right-hand man who will be of a more experience. Don't get me wrong, Justin uh, and Jason have done great roles as, their, as, as you know, first-team coaches, and I'm sure they'll continue in some capacity. I think they'll also be missed in the academy, and I'd be interested if they go back to the academy at, at some point. Um, what's your thoughts on bringing an old head in? Well, I think obviously we mentioned it last week, didn't we, on our last show, that I'd prefer an old head. We need experience, you know. Yeah, Rossini, obviously, he's played a massive part in, I guess, under Philip Koku. You know, he was he was learning his trade there, getting more experience. Then he became co-manager with, with Wayne Rooney for a little bit. I'd say he's deserved it. I'd say, I'd say that Rossini probably has earned his stripes, but I do think that he needs someone next to him that, 
been there, seen it, and done it all before. Um, you know, where, where's McLaren? You know, <laughs> uh, but I, yeah, I think I, I'd go with that. I, I think you personally, because I, I mean, I've, I've I've seen stuff like Jake Buxton's going to be his his assistant, and it's just no disrespect to Jake. You know, absolutely. You know, you know, he, you know, he's, he's a derby, you know, he's derby through and through, and he bought. He, is he experienced enough to do that? You know, we saw him his managerial stint at, um, at Burton. It wasn't great. Didn't go well, did it? No. Um, and obviously, he's now he's an academy coach, isn't he? At the minute, he's, he's yes. working with them again. He's someone that needs more experience. So yeah, for me, I, I think we've got to get. You know, if Liam's there, he's he's got to have a right hand man. I mean, it might be a case of letting Liam choose who he wants because he wants somebody that he knows that you know who, who he trusts. And who he knows is will bring valuable experience to to the side, but obviously he's got to get the job first. And but it does seem that there's no sort of, and I guess to be honest, unless we're picking someone that's out of a job, we're going to have to pay for for a manager. So why not give it Liam? He's already here. Yeah, it, it was interesting that the EFL statement sort of touched on that in the sense that on the recruitment side, they Derby as long as they stick to their business plan, which has been agreed by the FL, mm. there is scope to, to have a transfer uh, budget. Yeah. So it's not all about, I, the way I read it, it's not all about freebies. There is a pot allowed or a structure allowed to, to pay out to bring someone in. I, I with you, 100%. I think they will bring someone in who's currently not in a role. Mm. Um, there is some names out there which are being banded around. Sean Dyche is second favourite, according to the bookies. Is he really? Yeah, now, last what, night. What, what's that? I saw it last night. He was, um, I can't remember what, what it was, but as to be the next Derby manager, I think Rossini was uh, six to four on. Yeah. Dyche was four to one. Wow. But he's out of work, Simon. He's going to be linked with everything. Like, you know, he's going to be the first name on everyone's lips as soon as a Premier League club. Mm-hmm. Um, go pear shaped or a top expectation championship club, yeah. Go, go pear shaped. So, you know, it's you know, going back to our situation, if he came in on board, I don't think that would be the right man at the moment. I don't, I think Liam is quite capable of, of running the day to day work, bringing someone like Curtis to, to go with him side by side. You know, it's moments like this where you get really frustrated and think. You know, if we got rid, if we would have kept Jagielka, mm. yeah, you watched all those videos of of him, of Jagielka and Curtis, Liam and Wayne and the and the, and the staff all together in the office, yeah, preparation yeah. pre-game, and they were always included. Um, very astute leaders. I, I think he'll bring in somebody who has a name in, in in the game. I really do. And for all we know, they may be already involved now. Yeah, because recruitment, I'm pretty sure, will not be done by. Liam, I, I just don't see it. I think there'll be someone there already that's in place. It goes back, you know, it goes back to uh, the word continuity. You've got to have someone to take that on board. The names that you mentioned excite me, um, especially at that level. Yeah. Now, you know, let, let's not, you know, let's not turn around and start uh, damning players and, and, and names that are linked to the football club. We have to understand we're in League One now. And yeah. these names may not have had a successful time in the championships recently, um, but they are still quality footballers. 
and everyone, as we pro- proved last year with Ravel to an extent, and I wish him all the best on his on yeah. his travels. I believe he's going to QPR. Um, he he, under the correct management and structure, we got the best out of him. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if you look at those players that you mentioned, is it you said Horihan? Well, he he was he was a wonderful player. He was at Barnsley, wasn't he? If I remember yeah. right. And he was he was he got himself a big move to Villa. So you know, there's something there. I'm sure he scored many a goal against us as well. Yeah. Mendes Lang, you know, he lost his way a bit. It was at Cardiff, wasn't he? I'm trying to think where he was. was it Peterborough before then. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. But yeah, I, I, last thing I remember was him being at Cardiff. But you think about someone like Mendes Lang, it, it, it's a winger, isn't he? Yes. He's fast. He's powerful. Yes. When was the last time we had a fast, powerful winger that's going to drive well, up and down the up and up and up and down the channels? Yeah, yeah. I, I tweeted somewhere that we needed a Dean Storage type yeah, player. Did. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people who can't remember Dean, oh, that's no disrespect to, to to the younger generation listening to this. He was a player rapid. that <laughs> <laughs> absolutely <laughs> <rapid>. <laughs> He was, but but. He needed coaching, and you could see the improvement of him as he played throughout uh, the old uh, first division, old championship side. He he got better and better and better yeah. through good coaching, you know, with Jim Smith, uh, Steve McLaren, etc. And and when we got into the, the 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 Premier League, he he was he was perfect fit for it. I think also going back down to the list, you're on about James Chester. Yeah, again, a guy that's coming to the end of his career, but. Every time he played against us, he was a rock. I'm sure he played against us. Did he play against us in the playoff final? The Villa? Uh, I can't think off the top of my head. I'm sure he did, you know. I'm sure he played against us. Uh, there you go. There's a pop quiz. I may be wrong. Um, but I'm sure he, he was at Villa, wasn't he? Yeah. And then he went to Stoke. Yeah. Um, and again, Welsh international. Got pedigree. You know, put him alongside Steers, who I hope stays. Um, Curtis cash in uh, cash in again it, it's it's he, he's very very good in the air and then you look at the the lad from Preston who you know has, has pretty much been we've been told that he's going to be the first guy through the door and yeah, yeah. you know I, I've seen some of the, the footage of him playing at Preston he, and he seems a decent lad um, there's been no film or photography released from the sessions this week and that obviously tells us that this trial is set front and centre yeah that they that they don't want anyone else to, to to be seen there's going to be two goalies there there has to be two goalies probably more than two goalies there you yeah, know Joe, I think Joe Wildsmith from Sheffield Wednesday his name's been mentioned yeah that, that was a strange one because it's never quite worked for him at Sheffield he's a Sheffield lad and He's going to be a very good number two. Is he going to want to be a number two at Derby? Is Derby a, 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 a you know, he's been at Sheffield Wednesday and I think he played 19 times in three years. And, and I was thinking to myself, is that what we really need? Me personally, I'd much go, much rather go down the, the, the channel of a, a guy in his early to mid 30s, a bit like Ryan Orsop, Scott Carson, yeah. who has got consistency and has a leadership quality. Um, I think it's 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 all great having a back four of experience because I'm about Fozzie coming back, which would be great as well. But if you look great. at all those names that we mentioned, if you put behind them a quite a young, inexperienced keeper, mm. 
Um, I think that's always a, a cocktail for, for mistakes. So I think they'll go down the lines of a, a very experienced number one. Yeah, I think, and I think that, yeah, we've had, <laughs> yeah, I think we've got to go, we've got to have, I think, a decent number one. I'm, I'm, I'm I can understand why he's gone, but I, I, I really, was, eventually, was impressed with uh, Ryan Osop last season at number one, which was very hard for me to admit. You know, um, and obviously Keller's moved on to to Aberdeen. Wipe that tear away. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> um. But yeah, you know, I, I think you know it's it, it both uh, both keepers had the good bits, the bad bits, and everything else with it. But I think yeah, we now we need a keeper that I think again you want an experienced keeper. You know, David Marshall, somebody like that probably would have been perfect for League One because he's got that experience. And you've got to think in League One, you, there's I, I I can't see as being this playing out from the backside. Um. I think we, you know, we would maybe try it, but I don't think it's going to really work. And I think that's something that we're going to have to adapt to. So yeah, I think you know, goalkeeper is is, is certainly in, is important. Um, but we need a striker as well. We haven't really got one unless CKR says. I'd like to look at someone like um, James Collins from uh, Luton. No, he was at Luton, went to Cardiff. You know, I think he's on. I think he's on a free, possibly on a free now. I I think you know he. He was a great striker for Luton in League One. You know, he was a big part of their success of getting promoted. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting point because you talk about playing from the back. And I think that's a really, really interesting point because with the names that are being mentioned to to come into the back four or five or three, you look at them all and realistically, if you're bringing the likes of Chester, Curtis back, Stearman back, Fozzie back, Erin back. There isn't really, with all due respect to them, they are defenders yeah. and they're, they're, they're really good defenders. I think you're right. I think they're going to have to change their style of play because it's not going to be got away with in some of these grounds that we're going to be visiting throughout the, uh, the season. You know, the grass is not going to be flat. The mud is going to be all over the place come November, December, January. Mm-hmm. Um, you're right, the outlets, if we're going to go, we're going to have to accept there's going to be some direct football that's going to be played against us as well. So that's why you need your, your big guns at the back. I found it really interesting. And again, I'm going to throw this in there. I was sort of delving through social media last night. Um, obviously, after Love Island, you know, you've got, you got to get your priorities <laughs> right. Casamora, mate. Um, oh, God, I can't believe you just <laughs> mentioned that on here. Other, other, can I just say, other good reality shows are are available. Um, is there? Is there really? Oh, oh God. Well, well, we'll do that for another time then. Um, yeah, all right. I saw a post by Tom Huddleston, which was really interesting. Mm. Now, he's gone into some personal training with, with a specialist fitness coach with Bradley Johnson. Now, again, this is pure me just pointing out there for the show, but what I found really interesting was is that he put the post out with him and Bradders both wearing derby kits mm. and sort of mentioning that the, the work starts now. And I just thought to myself, is there a renaissance coming? Is there a third time of the Hoods? Is there a second time of the Bradders? Would you have them back? Yeah, I'd, I'd yeah. 
yeah, I think Hollister, I'm not sure. It depends. Can he move? Would League One suit him? Is he going to get that time on the ball that he likes? Johnson, I'd have him back in a heartbeat. I, I think he moved to Derby when he's joined and he never moved back, did he? I think he's quite sad in this area. Correct. Um, but yeah, uh, if we are looking at them, here's, here's a twist for you then. So if we are looking at them, and yeah, probably would take him. Does that mean that Beelix go in? Does that mean that Bird's go in? That well, would my, that would be my response to that because obviously they're both playing that whole, you know, the sort of role that Bird and, and Beelix play. Um, but yeah, for me, I take them back. You know, we, we just to get bodies in for a start, yeah. and I think the experience of Tom as well. He 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 spoke about wanting to get into coaching. You know, I think I think he I think he'd be a brilliant coach. I really do. I agree. I agree. I think Bielik will go. Yeah. Let's be honest. We we love Christian and what a, you know what a Rolls Royce for a player, but that comes with um, always the constant terms of his in, of his injuries and his level of fitness his national coach has already said that he has to be playing at least at championship level or it's a higher standard than where league one is for him to be considered for the world cup mm. and and christian has to accept that and we have to accept that that he, he will he will be gone now whether that is a a loan um out to a an international uh, to another league or whether he stays in England, who knows? I just don't see Christian playing. I also don't think Lee won't suit him. Mm. Um, Max is an interesting one. I think Max is Derby through and through. I think if you sliced him in half like a birthday cake, I think you'll see black and white through his veins. Really, really, really good footballer. And I think, I think if anyone has improved under Wayne Rooney, I think he would be at the top of the tree. I think he would. You would probably say that he has been the guy that's gone to the top from that, you know, that little pot of of, of academy products that were sort of in and out with the structure. Mm. Um, I think he's the one that's really, really worked hard and worked on his game. I think his game will suit League One. I think he's got a bit of tenacious attitude as well as as good he is on the ball. I think he's also a bit of a um, he has a. a a dark streak in him. You know, if he needs to get stuck in, he'll get stuck in. Yeah, yeah. I think he'll stay. I think the one that that is the debatable one is Jason Knight. Yeah, without doubt. I think that is the going to be the big dilemma. And this, I put it out there on the pod and to you. You know, someone comes in with a a cheeky four million. Would you take it? Yep, I would. This is people are going to be going. You don't know what we're talking about here, but I don't think Knight is as good as. People think I, I, I'm just not convinced. He works hard. Don't get me wrong. He's got an engine in there. We've seen it with other players that have got an engine. We've seen Johnny Russell play with an engine, works hard. You know, run all day, get stuck in. People like I, you know, I, I get that. You know, you want someone that's going to work hard. For me, Craig Bryson worked hard. He got goals. He got assists. Jason Knight doesn't. He doesn't, you know, he, he puts him, he doesn't get in the right positions for me often enough. If he wants to be that box to box midfielder, he's got to get in the right positions. He's got to get himself in that attacking penalty area, you know, to put him in situations where he's going to score. Either he's not being coached to do that or he's been told not to do that. I don't know. But yeah, he does, he, he, he does work hard. And I think, to be honest, I think he actually has better games for Ireland than he, than he has done for Derby these past couple of seasons. I agree. Um, I think you're right. All right. 
So, and I think um, four, I think four million. Yeah, and I think four million for him. Yeah, I, I, I take it. You know, I, I genuinely would because I think, I think as well with Knight as well with him being an international player, I think he'll want to move. When he when he's seen himself being linked with with Premier League clubs, I think he'll he'll be he'll be looking at going. You know what? Okay, and I think to be honest, if he got the right coaching underneath him. He will be a good player. He will get himself in them positions. But I just think at Derby, the last couple of seasons, he's not fully shown his potential from that first season where he came in. I think the interesting thing is, it goes back to what you said about the academy structure, Simon. Yeah, yeah. You're now in a situation now where you, you can sell someone like Jason to sustain yeah. a League One push because his... Let, yeah, again, we're, we're, we're speculating. If he, if he gets sold... And someone comes in with a, it becomes an auction, and someone brings in uh, something like seven or eight million bid for him, and that, uh, and we are no longer a selling club. That's the one amazing thing that people forget now. As of five fifty six or whatever it was yesterday, <laughs> we are no longer a selling club, where we were pillaged and absolutely brutalised on some of the ridiculous fees that were coming in for yeah, our players, yeah. like. Shiniesta, there's another guy. Mm. Would he come back? He's available already at Wigan on a free. There's yeah. rooms of him going up to Scotland. But yeah, you know, it, it, it's just ridiculous how it's all been uh, looked after. It's been a farce. But going forward, Jason would Jason's fee would sustain a League One club. No problem at all. Yeah, you yeah. know, seven million, six million, whatever it is, will get you a competitive top six side remember people have been saying and, and i and i'm going to say this now on this pod i've read on twitter that no one has yet said that derby have put their hand up and said derby will get automatic promotion i'm putting my hand up oh i i think they will i think they will i think that six to eight million pounds will get you a very competitive squad mm. the efl have turned around and said we are not embarking you on freebies. Yeah. You have a structure. You have a business plan. It's based upon business plan and sustainability. Now, League One has a structure of finance, which is different. And I think Kerry Maguire touched on it a couple of days ago. Yeah. Whereas you can use, is it 60% of your revenue from season tickets? And then you can have 100% of your earnings from merchandise, Mm. corporate whatever you so you look at that as derby with a thirty thousand crowd every week and i said again that is the key to this success yeah. Thirty thousand there every other every home game yeah we did, we did the that, hard work last season getting people in yes we've yeah. got to continue to do it this season correct well that is the key to a promotion push in league one mm. because there's going to be teams who are having good budgets chef wednesday are going to have a good budget let's be yeah. honest portsmouth have a good budget but I think ours could be the biggest in, in the league still yeah. because if they work to the business plan and they work to the, the EFL rules and regulations of League One, we should easily have the highest budget. Now, there's a really good guy that goes on Radio Derby a lot. We're talking about structure. Darren Robinson, who's an eye scout, who's based at Prapot. I love listening to Darren. He's got so much knowledge about football and scouting and recruiting. And he said last week that of the 700 players that are available as of July the 1st, there's probably only 400 left because a lot of them have already signed pre-contract agreements. Um, but he was saying that Derby's pot 
uh, and pulling power will be one or two in the league. Because yeah, yeah. ultimately, it's Derby County, Simon, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, it's Derby County. And forget the turmoil now. The turmoil is gone. Mm. You know, players would have sat there coming out of contract at the end of last season and watching the Blackpool away. Yeah. You yeah. know, a relegated team taking 5,000 fans and producing a performance that was that good to win at Blackpool. Um, and then look at, you know, the last home game of the season, you know, all right, we unfortunately didn't get the result, but there was 30,000 fans there. Now, if you're a player looking for your next home, what are you going to do? What, where do you want to play, Simon? Yeah, exactly. You want to play at a place of an atmosphere. You want to play at a, play, a club that treats it, regardless of it's in League One, treats it like it's a championship still, like it's a Premier League. Premier League, yeah, yeah. You, you want to go there. Because regardless of everything, what league we're in, we've always, always... We've never let our attendance drop underneath what twenty two thousand, and even twenty two thousand at a at a League One, you know, in League One, it's probably one of the biggest championship sides. Sorry, one of the biggest um, crowd sizes you're going to get. Let's be honest. And then you think about it. You mentioned there five thousand to Blackpool. I know you've mentioned it to me a lot. League One and Derby County away fans. Is going to be something special because we will fill their grounds every week if we have to, and vice versa. I think they'll yeah. come to us. I think they will because you know, I, I, we're, we're, we are. I don't, it's how do you how do you define what size club you are? We are a big club considering when you look at our fan base, when you look at our facilities. We are a big club compared to a lot of the other clubs in League One. They will want to come there. They want they will want to see Prior Park and likewise with us. You know, we're used to going to biggish grounds. Let's go, let's go fill in some small grounds. And I think they're the best ones. Your Blackpools, your Lutons, and obviously they're in the championship. But they were the best grounds last season away. Was the smaller grounds. I mean, you're going to get that in abundance next season because you're nice, you're all compact and jammed in. And, you, you know, you're there, you're supporting your team. And I just think last season we saw that Rooney tried to build up a team of misfits, if you like. Rooney, Rossini at the minute this year has got to do exactly the same, but on a bigger scale, a much larger scale. But I think, as you said, we're not embargoed just to free transfers. I think we can build a very good squad. Um, and I do think we can make a push. Will we get automatics? You said, yeah, I'm saying no. Um, <laughs> I was waiting. I was waiting. Why? Why, why don't you think? Because I'm a pessimist at art. No, <laughs> no. Um, I don't know. I just, I just think there's the, with there's other teams like like Sheffield Wednesday, Bolton, uh, yeah, Bolton, uh, Peterborough, etc., who have been there, got a little bit of experience in League One. I, I just think they might have that little bit of edge. Yeah, but but Simon, here, here's here's why I look at it. The days of buying your way to success have gone due to COVID and the restraints and what clubs have gone through, um, everyone is now pretty much shopping out the same pot. Yeah, yeah. And it's now down to attraction. It's now down to what what brings you to Derby County Football Club ahead of a smaller club with a bit more money. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 the, the, the playing field is very, very level now. And this is where I go back down to what I said about the importance of fans being in our stadium. The more fans we have in our stadium, the more power we have in the market of, of attraction of players and sustainability. 
We stick to above the 25,000, nearly 30,000, week in, week out, in League One, you will be a force. Absolutely. Remember, Derby central. We are central to England. Mm. So it's going to be perfect for away fans to come to us because it's it's never too far away. You know, it's not as if we've got to go to Plymouth. You know, oh, yeah, we, we've got to go to Plymouth. We've got to go to Exeter. But a lot of fans will look at that journey from north of Derby and go, well, that's a long way to go. Mm. But Derby is never to more than 150 miles away from anywhere. Let's, yeah, just, yeah. let's just say. The second thing is looking at that is same as a player. You're a player who could be on an international uh, remit. You could be playing abroad at the moment. What's Derby got to offer? Central to England, a nice small city with culture, a wonderful stadium. The last 12 months has shown the fan base without question, the history. An airport. Yeah. It has an airport 10 miles away. Which is, I know people will be laughing saying, What are you on about, Chris? But it, it makes sense. A lot of people, there, there's a lot of things going for Derby that you have not got in, say, Middlesbrough. Are you trying to attract someone to go and play in Middlesbrough mm. or, you know, down south? And, and then you say, Well, come to Derby. Here's where we are. We're an hour and 20 minutes from London. We have a, an airport around the corner. These kind of things attract players. You know, and Peak District, I know it sounds crazy, but it does. I've spoken to many players who have been at Derby, you know, while I've been, while I worked there. And they've always said that one thing that they love about playing for the club is the area. Yeah. yeah. You know, they don't have to leave where their roots are. Like Curtis still lives in Litchfield. Yeah. Um, some, some guys come in from Leicester, some guys come in from Birmingham, but it's only 40 minutes, 50 minutes. So they don't have to uproot their family. Yeah, to come yeah. and play at Derby. And these things like that really need to be taken on board when you're a player. Mm. Oh, I've got, do I really want to move my my family from, I don't know, down south up to, up, up to, up to again, I was using Middlesbrough as an example, yeah. or, or, or Morecambe or whatever. Or do you want to go to Derby, which is central? And I think this is the kind of thing that you need to look at, Simon, on recruiting. And I think you'll be surprised. I put my hand up, we will get promoted. And if I'm wrong, you know what? Feel free to DM me and tweet me and, <laughs> and call me every name under the sun. But I'm an op- you're a pessimist. I'm an optimist, and I, I, I just believe that 46 games you need to win 30. Yeah, you need to win 25, 30. We can have a slow start. We can have that seven or eight games of draws and 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 understanding each other. But good professionals know how to play football. Mm. It doesn't take half a season to get it right Wigan is a classic example yeah. Wigan came out of administration and what happened well, they got promotion yeah yeah, yeah they, they absolutely just, they actually ripped that league apart as well um, with 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 a transfer embargo yeah, yeah damn it you're making me backtrack now and I can't do it sorry <laughs> that's what you that's what you have me on for it is true it is true yeah think um, outside the box think about the bigger picture a lot of people look at the picture of automatically presuming players come for money and they don't. I've been in, as you know, professional basketball in the past. And when you sign players, they look at the bigger picture. They look at where you are based. And it has a big pulling power, I promise you. You've done it again. You've mentioned basketball again. I I thought (laughs) thought we got through the whole podcast. Where the ramp, B.A.? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just trying to get a people of an understanding of recruiting and what what they look for. Derby is an attractive city. It's not a metropolis. No, 
And people don't like living in metropolis. You know, how many times do you go to London and Birmingham and think, wow, this place is huge. It's where's this, where's that? You come to Derby, you've got the Peak District 25 minutes away. Mm. One of the most beautiful places in the world, never mind the UK. You're on the M1 in 10 minutes. You're at Eastman's Airport within 20 minutes. There's a train station that's fantastic. There's so many things that go for this city. And, um, yeah, it, it's positive. Even right down to school structure, there's so many things that go for the city. And I think you'll be surprised how, and now you've got David Clowes on board, you know, and even other reasons to come to Derby, you've got a new fresh impetus, a new owner. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's a fantastic package. It really is. It is, and that's that's a terrific way to end it. You, we, we went David Clowes, full circle back to David Clowes. So, yeah, great way to end it. Yeah, it's actually good to be actually talking about football again and, and not takeovers or failed takeovers or or liquidation. You know, we can actually start looking forward and, and being positive now and, and look forward to the season. You know, look forward, because I, I can see it now being a very, very busy seven days with regards to recruitment. I'm expecting to... See new player coming in, new player coming in, new player coming in, new player coming in. You know, kit release. Look forward to season tickets and all that. You know, so it's it's it, we've gone through the worst now, so now things going to get better. And um, if we do get promoted, if we do get automatic promotions at the end of the season, we'll, we'll have to, I'll have to do something for charity when or something because I'm convinced we won't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll think of something, mate. We'll think I'll, of something. I'll let you give you. I'll let you think of something. But yeah, no, brilliant. Chris, uh, it's been a pleasure as always to have you back on. Um, and it's uh, it's great. It's been an absolute relief, even though I've got you up early on a Saturday morning again. So <laughs> It's what it is, and it's worthwhile, mate. It is. Uh, thank you to everyone that's uh, listened. Um, remember to like, share, and subscribe. And as always, come on, Derby!